Welcome to First Words, a podcast presented by the First United Methodist Church of Florence. Today's message is brought to you by Senior Pastor Reverend Dale Cohen. As Chris's eight-year-old birthday approached, his mother told him that she couldn't afford a birthday party for him. However, she said that she would take Chris to McDonald's and he could invite his friend Jack to come along and they would get a meal and ice cream. Well, when his birthday came, after arriving at Jack's house, Chris walked out into the backyard and immediately 20 kids jumped out from behind bushes and yelled, surprise! And Chris was stunned by this and he just kind of awkwardly walked over to Jack and said, "Um, are, are you ready to go to McDonald's now? His mom had to explain to him that this was his surprise birthday party. And you might be interested to know that later in life, Chris did graduate Phi Beta Kappa. (laughs) Some employees at a retail store held a surprise baby shower for one of their colleagues. And although only weeks away from giving birth, as one of the co-workers jumped out from behind a box in the the stock room, uh, this uh, guest of honor punched the guy in the nose because she thought he was a robber and broke his nose. Talk about a surprise. And then, of course, there's the infamous gender reveal party a few years ago where the blue fireworks signifying it's a boy actually set off a wildfire that burned tens of thousands of acres. When it comes to surprises, people either love them or hate them. But not all surprises are bad. Our scripture for today is about Pentecost, 50 days after Easter, when God surprised the disciples with the Holy Spirit. Now, Pentecost coincides with the Jewish harvest celebration known as the Feast of Weeks or Shavuot recalling when God gave the law to the Israelites on Mount Sinai. Tens of thousands of people would have filled the streets of Jerusalem preparing for the feast. Because Jerusalem was a cosmopolitan city comprised of people from all over, language barriers often hampered communication, resulting in confusion and misunderstanding. The disciples remained in the upper room where they shared their last intimate meal with Jesus. They were there practicing caution about being seen in public because they feared that the authorities might arrest them as they had Jesus. Well, the festival atmosphere of the Jews mixed with the anxiety of the disciples created an opportunity for God to show up in a big way. And indeed, He did. We could even say, surprise. The Scripture says this, And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where the disciples were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, if we think about this, for thousands of years, people sought the assurance of seeing God. 
So, God showed up in the person of Jesus Christ. People could see God. Well, after Jesus' death, resurrection, and ascension, his return to heaven, he promised the disciples that the Holy Spirit would come to them. But the Spirit is not the same as the physical presence of Jesus. Kindergarten teacher watched as the children in her classroom were coloring pictures, and she approached one of the little girls and said, well, what are you drawing? And she said, well, I'm drawing God. And the teacher said, well, you know, nobody really knows what God looks like. And she said, well, they will in a minute. (laughs) We know what God looks like in Jesus. But God is Jesus and more. And so the invisible spirit can also add to our understanding of God. As I said, the disciples were holed up in the upper room for fear of the authorities. Remember, their whole world had turned upside down. They lost their leader, but they also lost confidence in the ability to do the work of ministry. So the Spirit intervened. The Holy Spirit moves the disciples from the isolation of the upper room out into the streets. The walls of that upper room just seem to disappear as you read this in Acts 2. As the disciples find the ability to speak multiple languages, they're set free to begin to communicate to everyone. The fear is no longer there. We read, Now there were devout Jews from every people under heaven living in Jerusalem, And at this sound like the rush of a violent wind, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Well, not only do the walls disappear, but the language barriers disappear as well, reminding us that whatever division exists is no match for the Holy Spirit to bring things back together. Division as we know it is the creation of human beings. It's our creation. Indeed, God separated the light from the darkness when He created But notice, that's not permanent separation. Light and dark are both temporary. The divisions we create that permanently separate us are sinful and antithetical to the kingdom of God. The inbreaking of the Spirit of God can break down any walls that divide us, if we're willing to allow the Spirit to do that. But as our scripture reading reveals, not everyone is open to the movement of the Holy Spirit. The scripture says, all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this miraculous communication mean? But others sneered and said, they're filled with new wine. We can resist the Holy Spirit and sneer at its work only to miss out on the collaboration that the Spirit intends to bring to all who believe. Well, secondly, the Holy Spirit 
brings us the courage to speak boldly. The timidity of the disciples that began with Jesus' arrest is erased as the Spirit enables the disciples to speak in other languages, boldly proclaiming the resurrected Jesus in a way that not only that people could hear, but in a way that caused people to want to respond. The Scripture says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Peter is the one proclaiming this bold message. Peter, who is the same disciple who stammered on the night of Jesus' arrest when asked if he was among the disciples. He now stands before all Jerusalem, proclaiming the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as the sign of a new day, not only for Jerusalem, but for the entire world. The Spirit doesn't allow us to speak our opinions boldly. Rather, the Spirit allows us to speak God's truth. Still, we must boldly proclaim the countercultural good news of Jesus Christ and allow the Spirit to speak through us. James Howell says this, the Emperor Julian the Apostate, trying to shed Christianity from the empire, complained, the Christians care not only for their own poor, but for ours as well. In today's political climate, Howell says, it is unpopular to speak of caring for the poor or other politically charged issues. But this is Christianity. I'll take Jesus over political sway or social preference any day. For those who have ears to hear, we must proclaim the truth of God's love for all people. And a word of affirmation about God's love is the third thing that the Holy Spirit brings to us through the comfort of a familiar voice. My friend Amy Oden described it this way. It happened on the subway platform in Moscow. I'd been there for a week, and I don't speak Russian. My ears had been in a sea of gibberish and random sounds that I couldn't understand. Then, in an instant of clarity, I heard English from the other end of the platform. It was like a beam of light piercing through all other sounds, straight to my ear. American English, no less. My native language. It was a homing beacon, sharpening my senses to its signal. I felt every molecule in my body relax as I focused on the voice and understood the words. It felt like coming home. In the Pentecost story, we see this dynamic played out even more. The disciples are empowered to speak in languages that they did not know before and they probably didn't know after. 
Imagine Parthians, Mesopotamians, and Cappadocians hearing their mother tongues spoken for perhaps the first time in years. Did each receive that homing beacon turning, tuning the ear to its signal? Did each have that sense of coming home? Norman Cousins described how the great cellist and conductor Pablo Casals suffered from rheumatoid arthritis and emphysema in the last years of his life. At 90, he was severely stooped over, and it was very difficult for him to breathe. He needed the help of his wife, Marta, to even get dressed in the morning. Marta would help him then, though, shuffle into his studio, where he would, with great difficulty, position himself on the piano bench in front of the piano. Then Casals would manage to raise his swollen, clenched fingers above the keyboard. And witnessing a miracle, one visitor said this, Casals' fingers slowly unlocked and reached toward the keys like the buds of a plant toward the sunlight. His back straightened. He seemed to breathe more freely. His fingers settled on the keys, and he began to play first Bach, then Brahms. His entire body seemed fused with the music. It was no longer stiff and shrunken, but supple, graceful, and completely freed of its arthritic coils. Having finished the piece, he stood up by himself, far straighter and taller than when he had come into the room. He walked to the breakfast table with no trace of a shuffle, ate heartily, talked animatedly, finished the meal, then went for a walk on the beach. The Spirit brings a freshening into our lives, into our beings that renews us and makes us whole. Like music that inspires and exhilarates, the Spirit of God is the melody that energizes the church, uniting our many different voices in the song of the love of God. God has formed us into His church, an instrument for bringing life and love into the world. But what makes our church more than just a gathering of good people is God's Spirit, His breath, the the Hebrews called it the Ruach, that God breathes life into the church, infusing the church with the music of His grace. That same Holy Spirit continues to blow through our church, giving life and direction to our mission and ministry, inviting us to immerse all of humanity into the music of God's love and the symphony of God's grace. Come, Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to First Words. For more information about our services or how to get involved in our community, visit us at fumcflorence.org or facebook.com slash florencefumc.